Hello and welcome to BizPod. On this week's episode, we return with another Q&A. Enjoy! It is great to be back with episode 25. Here we are again doing another Q&A. I am Louise Duncan and as always, I am joined by the illustrious... Anton! It's great to have adjectives before my name. Uh, you know, I was it's, you overwhelmed me with that introduction. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's great. We've got a brand new batch of questions. Uh, we've been back at growing the business some more. So, you know, we're, we're moving along, uh, which I think that's quite a fun aspect of doing these Q&As. We're, we're constantly growing. So every time we do it, we're at a slightly different stage. Yeah, absolutely. And as always, if you're wanting to submit some questions or ask us anything or interested and um, we'll do this at the start because we usually leave it to the end and then nobody hears it so Anton if they wanted to email us who would they email? Yes if you want to get in touch we are at contact at nakamedia.co.uk and similarly if you prefer social media we are at nakamedia LP on Instagram Facebook and LinkedIn uh, and yeah we answer on all of these platforms so whichever one you prefer uh, we'd love to hear from you So let's just get into it, Anton. And I think this is one that we've been dealing with a lot more recently and I think will only become more important as uh, the years go on is how do you do a good introduction on a Zoom call? How is it, how can you, you know, sell yourself through Zoom? Yeah, and I think that's uh, especially awkward, whereas in, you know, if you're doing a a normal meeting you could always kind of judge by the you know the character and the mannerism and how people are holding themselves what kind of mood Mm. they're in Uh, and alternatively uh, people aren't usually having to turn on and figure out how to turn on their their mouth uh, in real life usually that's uh turned off (laughs) i'm sorry what uh you know they have to turn on their mouth uh, on digital so it's slightly different but nevertheless um having a, a good zoom introduction is quite important but I always feel like the best method is to just play it casual, you know, friendly introductions mm. and such. I think we, we've seen some interesting or, or we've had comments from other people that if they're sort of, if you're recruiting or if you're going to be talking to people who are maybe higher up in the company that you're looking for or just anyone who is sort of a bit better, they will often be in their comfies. They will often be very, you know, in a comfortable space in their house. And I think it's very common to be overdressed on a Zoom call. You know, of course, you've got to find the fine line of you want to impress and you want to seem put together. But yeah, don't don't think of it as anything too formal, because I think at the same time, nobody's expecting you to be full suited. Uh, and that can come across as a bit more pretentious than anything else, I think, over a Zoom call. Um, but as well, my main tip is remember what's in your background because people will be looking at more than just you. They will be looking at what's behind you. They'll be looking at what's on your bed. They'll be looking at what's on your shelves. Not because people are inherently nosy, but I think because you'll be spending so much time focusing on yourself and what you're doing that you'll forget. And so what can be really good is giving yourself a plain background or taking some time out initially to set up a background and then leaving it like that. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously when you're you're in Zoom calls or even just watching YouTube videos, you'll recognize and see kind of what backgrounds look good and or bad. And I think just being able to, you know, accommodate that in your own setup does a lot for, you know, making yourself look presentable. And, you know, even if people aren't consciously thinking, oh the room's a mess 
they're a mess. There is an element of subconsciously people will take note of what your your character is and how you look after uh, your space and coincidentally yourself. Yeah, and I think this ties into our next question as well, which which is sort of similar, but I would say different enough, is how do you make a lasting impression online? And yeah, I, I really think that a good introduction is a part of it, is, you know, looking tidy and clean, you know, iron the shirt if you're going to wear a shirt, but don't, you know, don't bother with a blazer and a tie, that kind of a mood. I think stay business casual is maybe the best way to put it, that you want to look put together. But yeah, I think staying relaxed is more undervalued than you would expect, and which can be scary if it's an interview that you're doing. Um, I know some interviews you have to like pre-record yourself and you don't even interact with people. Remember what it is either you want to ask or what it is that you're doing or the questions you've been asked. And basically, I think be friendly. Be really friendly. Yeah, you know, it's always a case of reading the room. You know, a suit might be uh, handy if you're going for the next CEO position. Uh, but you wouldn't wear it to a McDonald's interview. So, you know, there is a, an element of reading the room, uh, dressing appropriately for the job, and kind of outside of uh, just your personal uh, wear, uh, when kind of going for how to kind of leave a lasting impression, I find consistency and repetition is really important in this department. You know, mm. if, you have a, um, if you have a great movie theme, you know, you listen to it once, that's a, a good song from the soundtrack. But once you have it, you know, at like the beginning of like 20 great movies, then it becomes a theme and it's been given meaning. So by being consistent in the way you present yourself online, uh, you'll build meaning even in the small syntax of how you present yourself. I did wonder where that one was going. Um, but yes, you're right. I think that's maybe part of sort of building your brand identity, which we've talked a lot about before. But yeah, remember that people will be judging you or not judging you, but people will be making judgments constantly throughout your meetings, but within those first five minutes. If you're having a lot of tech issues at the start, that will kind of leave an impression. So it's really good, you know, double check everything beforehand, you know, stay calm, stay friendly. And, and that's just what's really appealing to most people. That's what's memorable. Indeed. So our next question is, what is your opinion on working hard versus working well? Um, a, a marvelous debate at NAC Media mm. as we we strive to to get a lot done, but at the same time do great work at the same time. So, uh, basically, quality over quantity at that point, eh? Yeah, I think there's always the jokes about you know work smart, not hard. But I think there are some times where you just have to work hard to get through it. You know, maybe the work itself is inherently hard, and so you've just got to gosh, you've just got to work. And then there are other times where there's maybe still a volume of work to do, but it is of less importance or it doesn't have to be done as quickly. And so then at that point, it, it, you know, it becomes very much about the quality of work that you're doing. You know, you never want to be doing bad quality work, but I think you've really got to depend on, on the situation. But I think, I think we tend to all fall into the trap of just working hard forever. Um, and, and so I think especially if you're doing startup work, please remember to take care of yourself and think, do I need to be working hard? Do I need to be working smart? Do I need to be working well? Absolutely. And at the, the end of the day, remember that, you know, as somebody who's starting a business or self-employment uh, or you're kind of just whatever enterprise you're starting, whether it be a charity or whatever, is you're making these sacrifices. And one of the perks of that is you do get to be the boss. So, you know, if you feel like it's most beneficial for you to Tetris in, you know, you doing, let's say, your spreadsheets 
maybe like in little wee 10 minute blocks if there's no deadline at the end of that do it in little wee 10 minute blocks spread it out across the week you know be able to tetris in all of your appointments and the stuff you're doing in a way that you find uh, less soul destroying <laughs> mm-hmm. some bits i think of any work is just soul destroying and and you know it's important to recognize that when you're having to do stuff that's really difficult you go okay i know that you know i know that this is difficult i appreciate how i feel about this that that is difficult for me but it has to be done so this is how i'm going to do it and and sort of having those moments i would say is still working hard you know taking the time to make sure you know what you're doing i think is still working hard which people might not always appreciate if you can still get it done at the end of the day then yeah you've worked hard absolutely and shuffling on to our next question we have mm. how to network quick which um i think yep. with the the dawn of 2021 has been our our quest and mission for the last couple of months so yeah we've been talking to some really interesting people essentially all around the world which is exciting but has also led to right we've got five minutes this person's chatting here let's do something really quick and i think it's even more than just an elevator pitch is you've got to sort of sell yourselves and your business within five minutes or so and sometimes selling yourself is more important because if people can find you then then they are more interested you know it's easier to connect with a person than with a brand which is I think what a couple of people have, have said on the podcast before as always be friendly um you know smile a lot be friendly and and seem really interested and motivated because that again is what is appealing to people what what do you think Anton? yeah absolutely i think if you can firstly just be interested in the people that you're connecting mm, to that'll yeah. do a lot and i think people can sniff out and tell um that enthusiasm we had an email today there was just a couple things in it that really told us that this person had looked over at who we are and what we do yeah. so you know they got um a more serious allocation of time than we would usually maybe give to uh, somebody just kind of firing something over and I think, yeah, just being honest and finding people you like, but at the same time, you know, it doesn't hurt to be a little bit um, gutsy. You know, uh, you can always just send over an email, a message, um, ask for a meeting. You you might never know who would get back to you. And um, as you were saying there, Louise, so much easier to connect to a person. So uh, I think a lot of people, they get a little bit stuck in a trap, especially if they're marketing a brand or a company that the only market as that brand is as a company but if you're just looking for you know a couple high quality good sales uh, of a service or something like that you know literally just going out there messaging people as an individual you know it all feeds back i think think about the kind of message that you would want to receive to then consider what you're sending out because nobody wants to receive spam and nobody wants to have things that's misspelt or misinformed or whatever so think about what you would want to receive and then i would say send those kind of messages out and we've got another question here which is how to balance a professional relationship over a friendship and um that's something that we struggle with every day we're just too much friends, Anton. I know, too many memes. It's madness. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell them about frog chat. <gasps> Scandalous. But um, yeah, this is an interesting one. I think this is something that we fell into fairly naturally. Um, mm. At the, the end of the day, you know, uh, if you're like able to get work done and have a good conversation at the t- same time, you have 
basically completed life. That's that's a pretty good point to be at. <laughs> but um, I think where it comes an issue if it starts taking away from the the work, which um, I think yeah. at that point you kind of just need to sit back and look at your you know yourself and the company both as a individual and as a business owner what would you be thinking if you're managing yourself and your your business partner or team at that matter i think definitely we became colleagues first that though we weren't directly working on anything together we didn't really hang out in the same spheres and then there was a time I think like some of our first getting to know each other was let's talk business. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily a serious, this is the offer kind of thing, but it was very much the case of you like to work. I like to work. Let's work together, which is, you know, always exciting. Um, And yeah, I think from there, we then grew that working relationship to its kind of maximum point. And then, especially doing that dissertation work, we hit a milestone where we just kind of got grumpy and weird at each other because we had been working so hard for (laughs) so long. And so we needed to take a break. And then there was a, okay, not only have we achieved something really remarkable together, we can also be friendly out of it as well. And so I think we have had to work more on our friendship Mm. And if that makes any sense. But it then has also been invaluable because then we're able to work together more efficiently more fun i mean it's just it's keeping things fun on set can make it not even feel like a job while still getting the job done and and yeah that's been brilliant yeah i remember some of the the great feedback we got when we were filming our short films so how did you do it was that it was a kind of a film a fellow uh filmographer they were basically like yeah it was just like hanging out with friends for a night uh which you know yeah. it's kind of great to hear that sort of thing because i think especially in that project you know it was kind of a laugh we were running around yeah. in the background but we we didn't put too much pressure on our cast at that point it was um you me and and our producer friend becca who were having to very strictly stick to a time like you know we had figured out we had two minutes per shot kind of thing with the time that we had in the location and and the amount of people that we had there and how long they could stay because as well this had to be in the evening not only so that the space was free so that everyone acting was free so it was very much like a okay we arrive on set we've got to get it done and yeah part of the job that I was doing whilst facilitating that day was keeping it keeping it good and fun um, and and still efficient and working but also enjoyable so it's just not horrible for everyone that's there absolutely and um yes yeah, shuffling onto that how mm. do you do things that you don't want to do you complain mm. about it no yeah <laughs> you, uh, i think yeah a little bit of what i said earlier there's there's acknowledging that you don't want to do it is is that first step is being like okay this task in particular uh, I do not want to do, why don't I want to do it, X, Y, Z. You know, I know for us, we don't enjoy forms because we're both dyslexic, so there will often be spelling issues or we've misread things. You know, it just takes so much more time and, and brain power. But knowing, okay, forms are not our strong point is is somewhere that we can go from and it's, okay, I'll deal with this from this time, you deal with that from that time. You know, delegation is really important as well. 
if it is something that you're just really bad at doing and you don't want to do it, you might be able to get someone else to help you with it. Ask for help. And if you really can't allocate time, do it early in the morning and get it done. Don't leave it till the last thing of the day. Don't leave it till the last minute because there might be unforeseen complications. Get it done and you will feel so much better afterwards. Yeah, and fingers crossed that the stuff that you're you're stuck with, that you're you're not really enjoying, will hopefully uh, only be a, a small portion, if not uh, a, a very small majority of the overall workload you're doing. Otherwise, I, I would recommend some soul searching if you hate everything your business is doing. But yeah. if it is a, a small portion, you know, I think at that point, you know, an element of counting your blessings really helps in just you know putting things in perspective, being like, you know, this is a, the small sacrifice. Uh, and you do it to kind of do the stuff that I really love. Uh, and the next question that we have here is, what made you choose this type of business? Now, I think this is maybe one we've gone over before, but we're happy to do it again. Um, it's because it's what we're good at. Um, but also we had this very, you know, we've got this very highly skilled area of expertise um, that we both enjoy. And so it was kind of a no-brainer for us, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think... You know, being able to work on projects where it kind of has a, you know, a very clear scope it is very much utilitarian but artistic at the same time. So it isn't just mm. art for the sake of art, it's art with a purpose. It's, you know, really empowering and, you know, exciting kind of tasks to get up to in the morning. Yeah, for sure. Um, And, and I think we also really enjoy it, you know, is we, we enjoy that I call it problem solving, the the challenge of, okay, we've got to do this. How do we do it? I love that kind of work Um, because it's like playing a game. (laughs) Absolutely. And I I think one of the the defining moments is we were were doing a charity job at one point and, um, you know, we'd wrapped up all of our interviews and then it was somebody came over just last minute um, as, you know, uh, who who struggled speaking a little and you know was mm. like I really want to to say my word and you know we, we did have to turn up the gain on the microphones but you know they had a, a very important story they wanted to tell and share yeah. and you know I think at that point it's very much like okay you know we're making videos which is fun uh, we're making art which is fulfilling but even more than this the the videography we make can have an impact. That was definitely a point of being like right this is what we're doing. And um, we've got another question here, which is, have you ever turned down a client? And we've got to say yes, uh, because we have put up with FAF in the past. And I think that's why we just don't do it now, is there are some jobs which just are not worth doing. There are people that will just take more and more from you. Every time we've gone, uh, OK, fine, we'll take it. I think we regret it a little bit afterwards because I think just even the undue stress that happens as well because you're having to either deal with emails in the middle of the night or a client that's being really difficult or, you know, if they're not confirming how much they're going to pay you, all of this stuff is is so stressful and taxing and you really don't need it. Yeah, you know, if they're not being uh, communicative uh, about what the, you know, their video that they want is going to be like uh, you can only imagine how communicative they will be when it comes to paying you uh, yeah. and you know there's a you know if you're doing these jobs that you're just not happy about and it's kind of going back to what we were saying before you kind of defeated the, the point of you know going out there and starting your own business uh, we've had some stuff where it's just been a little bit 
morally we're just like yeah not vibing with this and i, I think yeah. that's totally valid and i know especially early on um kind of doing freelance and that you might get into a position where you know every opportunity is you know an opportunity for growing the portfolio but if you're you're not doing let's say one more job that is maybe not your cup of tea you know you can put that time towards doing something creative for yourself that could maybe forward you in other ways um if you had to give some advice for somebody starting out what would it be find a good business partner to work with is what i would say because doing things solo especially now uh is very very difficult absolutely and um you know this is kind of coming from someone who has done a lot of freelance stuff in the past obviously you can do it and you know um it's there's nothing wrong with it but i have found having somebody else in the business with you one just kind of helps legitimize it especially if you're somebody who's like prone to a little bit of imposter syndrome like i can't mm, be yeah. you know a, a graphic designer like you know those people are off you know working for these big agencies of course you can be a graphic designer and i think you know once um there's another person in the, the business with you it becomes a lot less just you and becomes a business you know it's it yeah, helps yeah. make it a separate entity in your head where even if you stop doing it the business would still be there after you and i think if nothing else if it is a situation where it has to be you or it's just you doing it find someone who you trust and care about who can give you the feed like real feedback that you need not just oh this looks great but who will have a critical eye who will you know point out the issues whether it's design whether it's you know logistical whether that's just a spelling mistake and you know that doesn't have to be a partner that could just be one of your older friends or you know it could be anyone but i think having that person who is happy to help you do that kind of work is kind of in, invaluable you know i i don't know what we would do without either each other or those people that we rely on because they will often have a different way of looking at it because they haven't just been working on it for several days or weeks or months and will be able to spot things that you will just miss. Acknowledge that you will just miss bits and get somebody who won't. And shuffling on to our next question, have you worked with any international clients? Which, uh, sadly to this one, I don't think we have yet, but it's something we could totally do in the future. Yeah, I don't think so yet. Most of my jobs have all just been Scotland. And then since we've been doing Nakamedia, we've kept that quite small, but we are, of course, ever expanding. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's been it's been fun, uh, especially now with lockdown. It has encouraged a lot more um, kind of digitally focused and unique filmmaking uh, mm -hmm. that is less reliant on just being in the location. So definitely something we hope to expand with in 2021 for sure and um do you have any goals for 2021 anton oh yes I, I think for us it would just be you know kind of growing the amount of volume of work we have coming in and i think as well as that you know getting some different varieties uh, i think especially in the, the commercial sector working with you know some different brands that we've maybe not worked with before in different industries um you know like mm. we, we've never done anything with the automotive industry yet but you know that would be really exciting. We could come into that environment with a, a fresh look at that field and likewise with a bunch of other industries. How about yourself, Louise? Yeah, I guess I would love to do a bit more directing and sort of work on, on my skills a bit more. I think I've got a lot of skills that I just was able to do or have, have only worked on a little bit. And I think definitely something like directing 
uh, is something I'd like to get good at. So over the course of the year, I'll be sort of working a bit more towards that, which, you know, it's not something that you can just do. It's not like going to the gym where you just direct a little bit every day. Um, it's, you know, you've got to learn about it and it takes time. And, and yeah, I'm I'm excited to be working more on that. Fantastic. So shuffling on, um, hear me out, Louise. Yeah, uh, I'm you wake up tomorrow. Naka Media. Yep. You've just been you've been sleeping for several years. Naka oh, wow. Media never existed. Uh, wow. It was all a f- figment of your imagination. I don't even exist. I I was part of the company. <laughs> uh, oh no! So you're you're going at it solo, or you're finding somebody new. No wonder we're so similar. <laughs> <laughs> but you want to start a new business. You've gotten the kick for it. Uh, you know, you're you're like, oh, I've done you know media production. That one's been done with where do you go wait have i done it or was i asleep imagining it um you're like I, i've experienced that life life vicariously for a dream i, I want to do something new i'm <laughs> not gonna lie if i slept for m- multiple years but had years of experience working in a company i'd probably just start up that company <laughs> <laughs> right I nah mean... media productions don't exist in this alternate reality i know but you're you're asking me about what what would a new business be um hmm I don't know I guess for me it would still have to be creative um Mm. because that's something that I love to do I did a lot more theater in the past and I have a variety of experience there so (sighs) currently theater is in a very difficult space but I really think there's some interesting and exciting opportunities for digital theater Uh, a growing online presence that you can do with theatre and there's some amazing stuff digitally that you can do with theatre that just hasn't been grasped yet so um, that's that's probably what I would do super boring super similar I'm so sorry no no that is completely valid what would you do I never existed I'm not real yes so if I was going to be starting up a new business I think it would be something of a content library Uh, whether that Mm. you know be partially producing some of it um or producing all of it but i think that element of managing a kind of quantity of content uh, would be really nice whether it be you know you know we've got 20 podcasts and we're managing them all independently and you know we're we're getting people and we're like oh we want to do this we can put a team together to do that uh, and managing it from that kind of slightly higher up perspective where you know it's not doing 20 shows but you know enabling 20 shows or movies or um, whatever it would be. So we've got another question here, which is what are your main performance indicators? Now, yeah, this could be uh, how you judge your sort of levels of success. And I think success itself and, and, and sort of performance is such a hard thing to judge without directly comparing yourself to others, which can be a bit difficult and toxic. So, yeah, what would you say are yours, Anton? Yeah, I, I think for ourselves at Nakamedia, uh, because we're not really the the most kind of uptight about, you know, uh, you know, charging people out the wazoo basically. Uh, I think it's more so, you know, what quantity and what style of companies are coming in uh, to approach mm, us. So yeah. you know, I'm I'm not really bothered that, you know, oh we've got like a five, six, seven figure contract. That's not really our jam, although that would be nice. Um where you know it's more about it's like oh we've had like seven people come from the the charity sector or we've had like oh, four universities have came in that's cool um mm. that's the sort of thing you know i think getting a you know a nice nice variety of work coming in is you know very motivating for what we do 
Yeah, I feel as well. We've talked to some people who have been, I guess, not in a pandemic setting, but who have done what we did and are maybe five to seven years down the line. We've been talking to some really brilliant other small Scottish production companies who have either come out of a similar uni or did um, Napier's red, not red cross, red um, arrow shape thing business. You know, there's there's a couple different you study film and then you do a little bit of business and then you start this company. And so we've been talking to these people and all of them have just said how wonderful our work is, um, unprompted and unapologetic that they really think that the work we do is good. And, you know, it's great for clients to tell you, oh, this is wonderful, because, of course, they're going to think whatever you do is wonderful because they've paid for it, but they've been involved. And, you know, our friends and family will say how great it is. But I think it's it's that, you know, they didn't have to say anything. They could have been like, yeah, it's good. But it's when people are like, no, this is seriously some really incredible work. You know, wow, I'm impressed. That feels very validating um, because, again, they don't have to. And they're also a really good, good, I guess, indicator of performance, aren't they? Because Indeed. they, you know, not only do their own work, but have to work with people like this all the time. So for me, I find that really rewarding and, and sort of a good indicator. Absolutely. And um, yeah, how, how, how do you feel about this, Louise? How scalable do you think NACA Media LP is? And how big would you want it to be even? Oh my gosh, uh, huge. Uh, I want it to be so huge that, uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think scalable businesses, I, I think any business can be scalable, but I think, yeah, we've seen a couple businesses of our size grow up in scale. So there's sort of, I guess there's an assumption from my part that we will scale up. Um, I would love to hire somebody who just did our emails for us. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, he just helps us with admin. And then I think that would give us so much more time to go and do all the fun stuff. That's what I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're, we're definitely fairly scalable. And um, to, to what size, you know, obviously once you scale, you do lose a lot of that hands-on control. But uh, I think what would be fantastic about being uh, a lot more a lot larger why i think uh, is within of our best interest to be a lot larger is it would just enable us to do more unique stuff you know if we find a, a music musician we're particularly fond of and thinks has potential we can offer them a music video mm. um if we Both find a cause are, we're quite keen on our yeah. music and and um I think visually music videos can be anything and so we're quite keen on that yeah and you know kind of going back to the idea of uh, kind of taking a kind of publisher role in content we have more scale to offer that uh, and you know I think there's a lot of opportunity there uh, and you know hopefully the, the idea to do just more than what we're doing right now which is very exciting you know who knows we can even hire people that are better than us and then we're just sitting oh there my God. yes <laughs> absolutely now real talk very serious question for you here, Anton. Oh, spicy. Do you do you worry about our competitors? Um, oh, Are oh, you scared? Ev Are you quaking? Every night. <laughs> uh, uh -huh. No, I, you know, I think that it's interesting, you know, it's painted so often in a lot of just business that, you know, you're, you're just going after the next guy. But it's interesting. I saw a Twitch stream recently and it had Ooh. the former head of nintendo xbox and playstation in the same room having a, a wee chat i think 
one of them retired 10 years ago one retired three five years ago and one retired three years ago so they they all worked during that same one or two decades and yeah you know i think everybody was expecting them to be like spilling the tea about how they were trying to stab each other in the back but the secret is they were sharing the same conference rooms uh during like events for like years and we're in a very similar situation where a lot of the competition is people that you know we've studied with collaborated with or you know even helped or worked with you know there's not any real malice that way well and i think i mean that's a difficult way to look at it because all of those men would have been retired at that point yeah. <laughs> so there's of course there is no competition there but i think you're right there is something about the media production industry that you know especially to get experience on bigger projects you've got to work with bigger teams um or you've got to pull in other people there's kind of a there's a physical element to sometimes you literally need more hands and more cameras. Um, and I think that lends itself to, it's weird calling them competitors because I wouldn't see it like that, but I guess other people doing similar jobs. And as well, everyone's got their niche. And it's kind of just like with any sort of getting clients is kind of any job interview where sometimes other people will be better suited for it and you you are just not. And, and yeah, I... You know, to be honest, I think the work that we do is so good. It doesn't. I'm not worried about anyone trying to steal our jobs, but but also, I think we're both quite good in that kind of way that we think about it. Yeah, we're and, not paranoid. And I think as a kind of service based business, so much of our um, kind of lead generation is via you know people you know just word of mouth, and mm. you know it isn't like we're you know out marketing the next guy. You know we're or just in different people's, you know, little wee uh, pocketbook full of uh, business cards. And, you know, it isn't like we're, we're fighting for that one spot uh, on a TV billboard to kind of go out there and be that one person's one and only video production company. Uh, we just all di know different people and, you know, sometimes there's some overlap, sometimes there's not. Yeah, brilliant. But yeah, that is us wrapped up on another episode of BizPod by Naka Media. It has been very exciting. Uh, we've done all the plugging slightly early, but still, if you forgot, we have our wonderful portfolio, lists of service, and all that similar jazz over at nakamedia.co.uk. Yeah, and similarly, social media. That is Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Nakamedia LLP. And yeah, I guess until next time. Oh, one final thing. We have a oh. very exciting interview tomorrow. <gasps> uh, not tomorrow, we next week. Um, with a marvellous graphic designer from the States. So do tune in next week for that. Brilliant. And bye for now. Au revoir.